Welcome to HDE Home Care. HDE Home Care is a family-owned company that hires service providers to work with people with disabilities. We support children and adults at home and in the community to accomplish daily activities. Hello and welcome to HDE Home Care Does Podcasting. This month we'll be talking with Donnie Bradetich about his company, HDE, and the history as well as future plans for HDE. Today we have Donnie back with us. He was on our podcast last month. Um, You might remember he's the founder of HDE. And we wanted to make this a exclusive interview of Donnie (laughs) so that we could get a little bit of history on the company as a whole. Um, So Donnie, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure. Absolutely. I'm Donnie Bradetich, the founder and owner of HDE Home Care. Um, We've been in business for 13 and a half years. Wow. And looking forward to continuing on. Can't wait to tell the story. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we can get right into it then. Um, 13 years. Wow. Pretty, pretty long time. It really snuck up on you, didn't it? (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, I know it's been a short time and a long time, and depends on how I how I look back on it. Depends so. on the day. Today's a Monday, so <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot else <laughs> occupying my mind yeah. right now. So, <laughs> so it could be either. Could, uh, yeah. <laughs> so if we get back to the beginning, I I actually don't know a lot of this. I know some of the information. Um, I've been at HDE for it'll be five years in October, but. Um, you know, when you're doing the work, you don't necessarily get down to the nitty gritty and ask all about mm-hmm. the history of everything. So this will actually be interesting for me as well. So um, when you started, was it 2009? 2009. 2009. Okay. So what started you in this field? What made you think like, hey, I want to start a business <laughs> specifically in this field? Yeah. So those are certainly two different parts of the equation. Okay. Um, the what um, what made me want to start a business? I'm just entrepreneurial at heart. I would say dating back to when I was nine, I was a paper boy for about four years. Um, so I worked before high school, and I did not work in high school. Uh, but I did. You know, it's an independent contractor type of job where you get a have some of the things that are great about starting a business. You get to control your own destiny. Mm-hmm. You get to um, set your schedule. Um, you're Bike at the mercy or of car. a lot of stuff. Were you <laughs> oh, on, I was on foot, actually. You're on foot. Okay. I, I just had, wanted to picture this. <laughs> I had the block. Well, I was nine years old. So, oh, you were nine. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, no, it was just around my block. Okay. A couple blocks around my house. Uh, it was perfect. So we had it in our family for probably 12 or 15 years, uh, that one paper out itself, but we've just passed it down from siblings to sibling. Um, but, you know, later in my kind of working times, I got into college and started navigating my way through my initial work experience. Some of it was in a similar way, like in, I was a referee for high school basketball and uh, high school fast pitch softball. So I had practice learning rules administering rules, being in charge of stuff. Um, that's just kind of who I've been for my career. So 
referee compliance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In a field I like, that was kind of part two of this. I obviously really like sports growing up. Um, But specifically in this field, um, I kind of backed, I always say I backed into the industry um, in 2000 and what, seven, I was hired as a recruiter at, um, at an agency where I, um, I, I was from a referral from a college friend who had a similar job, and it was a uh, step up from where I was previously to that. And I, um, you know, really liked it from the get-go. This line of work is uh, very self-fulfilling. Um, for me, one of the first memories I have is sitting in a house with um, an elderly lady and uh, she was on hospice and we were there to provide some caregivers at the end of life. Um, and the I, I got a really immediate vision of what it's like, kind of our role there to help when you have hospice workers and the nurse and then you have your caregiver, a lot of team there. And then you have the family who's doing some of that work themselves. Some of them are caregivers slash family members and some of them are there for um, for just your traditional family support. So I um, I like the line of work right away. I didn't know home care existed really until I interviewed for the position. It, this type of work never really hit my radar, but it, it, I immediately took to it. Um, and then to fast forward, I was with that company for a couple of years. Um, personally, I was at kind of the crossroads, professional and personally. Um, I had wanted to move back towards uh, towards Eugene, where I'm from. Um, so between, um, at the time I had was dating my current, uh, you know, my, my <laughs> wife, uh, uh, at the time we had been dating for a couple of years. And so I needed to make some decisions about where I was gonna, you know, live my adult life and right. what kind of field I was going to be in. Um, and there were a lot of things that went into, uh, choosing this route, but that was, those were, um, some of the things I was contemplating, it was a professional and personal crossroads. That kind of is how I describe it of, of why it happened at the time and why I moved here and all that. It was a, as a sum of all that. Okay. So. And so you said that you were at an elderly person's home talking mm-hmm. about hospice care. Was that before you had started your business endeavor or was that? What kind of launched you into it? That was uh, that was with the other company that was in my role. I had as, as a recruiter, and okay. so that was long. That was in my like first week or two of that job of being in the field itself. It was like eye opening to what an agency that can hire caregivers and help them, uh, you know, support people and their families at home. That was that was my first memory of why of really feeling like. This is a self-fulfilling type of work, uh, and it helped in all aspects. It gave me reason to continue to try to work hard to get people out to families, you know, from the office to try to like hire and connect people um, that you're not looking at and and talk, you know, and face to face with all the time. It's uh, having that extra motivation to do a good job um, really came easy because of the outcome of that it's it's an important thing for families at one of the most important times in yeah. a family member's life absolutely so, absolutely yeah. so 
fast forward then you've decided to move to portland mm-hmm. area um you're here you've made that crossroad kind of decision at least as far as location goes yeah <laughs> so had you already kind of decided hey when i leave this company i'm working for i want to do this on my own or how did that transpire yeah so kind of when the initial idea when i had when I really thought like, oh, maybe I should consider this and started getting the the ideas just started going crazy at that time. Um, it was about a six month process until from that time until the time that I formed the business. Um, about the first three months, I thought about the idea and then kept dreaming about it and <laughs> had all those racing thoughts. And then, um, and then I talked to some of the key people in my life, um, Trudy and my older brother, Brian, and my parents and my uncle, he's a CPA that lives in the Portland area. Um, so a lot of people whose the, the decision would impact them. Right. Um, and it would, and the people I lean on to talk about some of the key events in my life, um, and all the planning that went behind it, right. you know, and all that. Um, my uncle, he, uh, he helped kind of form some of the legal structure of the business as a CPA. He, uh, just kind of knows how, how you need things structurally for tax reporting purposes. Right. That helps you get in line with, uh, with the government and whatnot. Um, so it was about three months of really doing my own research. Like I would research the Portland area at night. Um, I would, just get online and start looking things up about, you know, cause I wasn't working. I was working in Washington at the time up in Olympia. Um, so I needed to get to know who was down here. Was this viable? Wrote a business plan, all that kind of stuff. I read the business plan after you came up with this idea. I looked at the business plan again. Um, and it <laughs> hasn't been, the word doc hasn't been modified since the day after I formed the company. The That's 825, cool. 2009. Yeah. That's really um, cool. So, um, yeah. A little that's, piece of vintage history it there. It is. I know. I should frame it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, you should. So that was kind of the first, you know, in three months or so and about that long in is about the time where I had kind of coordinated it all between leaving, moving away, finishing out my lease that I had, finishing out the job, uh, moving away. Um, and over the next three months after that, I, I moved home to Eugene for a couple months to kind of get my affairs in order and all that. Uh, and then within the kind of that next month about moving to Portland and then getting on the Secretary of State website to actually form the business. That's kind of how you officially do it. Yeah. Uh, registered the business in Oregon. And um, so it was kind of a six-month process with lots, lots of moving pieces, but really nailing down the plan thinking whether it was viable, right. uh, talking to the people I know the best and that know me the best, and I take their advice seriously. Um, Did anyone say, like, you're nuts, don't <laughs> do it? Um, no, actually. Good. Not that I, not, nobody said that to me, at least. To your face? <laughs> um, well, that's good, because yeah. they would have been wrong. They would have been wrong, so it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> part of that is probably manufactured on my end too, just by 
you know, the key people I have around me believe in me. And if I had done my homework and felt strong about the decision, um, then I think I would have had the support of the people who know me the best. And yeah. I'm sure the people who don't think I would have made it um, just kept it to themselves. That's totally yeah. okay. That's good because they would have been wrong. So, because <laughs> here we are, yeah, right? Totally. Um, so once you did that six months of planning and everything, you said you went to the secretary, secretary of state website, you established it as a business. And then what you started calling people asking if they needed services (laughs) or, (laughs) um, I started actually writing our policy manual. I had to get us licensed through the state. Got it. Okay. um, There's the registering your business in Oregon is the, you know, forming that we're an LLC. Um, so just kind of forming your business itself is different than actually going to get, you know, credential to operate specific services. And so this is the in-home care agency license through the Oregon Health Authority. That was the key one for me to get so we could help. Uh, it kind of, the short version of it, if you have that license through the state, you can pretty much provide these services to anyone through any program okay. in the state. Um, kind of fast forwarding to a lot of what we do now with the IDD program, um, that credentialing, they have a separate credentialing specifically for that. So I, um, I got to work on getting the in-home care uh, licensing done. Um, boy, what happened in August through... <laughs> Uh, the end of the year of 2009, um, I got a, a night job so I could pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Okay. Um, get my refereeing job so I could pay my bills on the weekends. Um, but during the day, yeah, I, I would write the policy manual. And then I, I, I started networking. Um, I would go to senior services networking events. And I couldn't market us as an agency, but I could talk to people about where I'm at in the process and, you know, I couldn't solicit referrals at the time. I couldn't have a website that said we're ready to receive referrals until we actually have the license to operate. Right. So there was the networking began and um, along with the policy writing, those were pretty much the only things that mattered. Being able to get, you know, legally be able to provide the services and then actually getting phone calls and all that. Okay. To, uh, to start the process. Okay. So if you had been asked when you had this idea, what did you think that it would turn into? Like, did you think that it would become something this big? We're over a decade in. Is this what you had in mind? Um, y- yes. Uh, I mean, a, a lot. I The size of it, I had visions of of it being anywhere from a smaller shop that I was always an operator in or had a very heavy hand in to, um, I mean, I worked for a company at the time that had hundreds of offices all over the country. So I knew the sky was the limit at some point. Um, it's always nice to think about unlimited growth and expansion and all that. Um, so I knew that was, you know, one of those two or somewhere in between is where we could have settled as far as size goes. Um, I didn't have a, I did not have a big goal as far as 
besides besides wanting it to support myself professionally. That was I wanted to work for myself, um, and then I knew uh, being in the being in that position, then again the sky's the limit. If I right. if I learn it, then if expansion is important, then having learned it will allow me to expand. Uh, so it was really first about getting it to a spot where it could pay my bills, you know, for right. for some time. You could quit your night jobs. So I could quit the night job and then, which I did about um, seven or eight months after I, I had it for less, um, yeah, less than a year. Right. Um, and then I got my weekend uh, refereeing and, uh, and umpiring gigs for about three or four years until it, until I really had, you know, enough going on during the week where I wasn't worth working on the weekends or, or evenings right. for, uh, for that reason. So I, um, it, to me, it was, it wasn't about that as much as just trying to do it right. Like trying to make it work. Um, reading the business plan, um, recently again is pretty gratifying to know that I had, um, I, it's, it is very similar to how we operate now, um, okay. which is, uh, which is great. Kind of stuck to my guns in some areas about how I like doing things. And a lot of the, a lot of the fundamentals are there where we have, um, with our services, we have generally two divisions or two, um, you know, two groups of management that have to work together to make it work. We need the people to coordinate services and then we need our experts to review the services and help provide, you know, correction and training to our staff. And they're, they're our resident experts in what we do. Um, so that has been consistent that those two teams need to work together. And then a lot of the other stuff, it's kind of settled in where it's settled in. I didn't know we'd be in IDD services. I didn't know that. You know, I'd, I'd say at the beginning, I probably would have, you know, kind of imagined it being more senior care. Um, I had experience hiring nurses for in-home nursing too. So um, I knew there were other opportunities, but I had to start in senior care, doing it by myself and uh, would have needed a nurse to team up with essentially to do something besides time right so um so were you in the beginning providing the services as well yes i did that for most of the first two years i would help a lot of the clients a lot i'd help all the clients who had limited like time commitment through the week they needed a couple visits through the week i would help them out uh, if they needed a team, then I'd had to, had to hire a team to, like for 24-hour care especially, or for a couple of full-time caregivers. I had to do that. Otherwise, I would not have had time to work on the business then. So, Got it. That completely uh, makes sense. So, yeah, I did that for, I mean, I regularly helped people till about 2013. So, okay. the first three to four years, I was I'll usually working with, one or two people throughout the week. Okay. And is that when you decided in 2013, is that when you decided to hire um, help? E Administrative 20, help? Maybe? Yeah, 24, early in 2014. Um, okay. I kind of started feeling the, the pinch big time. I knew I needed help with 
processing referrals and going to seeing clients and all that. Uh, the first person I hired, uh, my, uh, was a, uh, she was a staff coordinator and I, at this, while we were hiring is when I met, uh, our direct future director of services. Um, and we ended up having both of them come on almost at the same time and mm-hmm. it was needed at the time too. Wow. Uh, there was yeah. a, a change in one of the programs that, uh, allowed for agencies to be able to provide more of the service kind of help open the door for agencies to be more involved um so we, i had access to a lot more potential clients which meant here we go got to hire people you know got to manage the service so that really came in handy um at the time to be able to bring on somebody on each side help kind of yeah. set the tone for what we were going to do in the future after that that's great. And seems like things grew pretty quickly after that point. There's been, there have been some years with limited growth. Um, okay. And there's been some years um, with some really good, significant growth too. Um, you know, every year has been uh, building on the work we've done previously. So uh, okay. I, yeah, we just, it's been more, about for me my long-term planning i do some some kind of high in the sky future planning five plus years down the road a lot of what i'm doing uh have been doing since i brought people in the office is not only just focused uh not just focused on the agency itself but bringing in people to help with management now yields another they're kind of like me where they want to grow in their career and they want to explore other opportunities so I'm having to um, balance those two things and, um, you know, kind of more in the where do we want to be at the end of 2023? That was like what dominated a lot of my planning focus at the end of last year. Right. Um, so very kind of six months to a year in advance for planning is really where my main focus um, has often been uh, as long as we have been in a viable state, you know. If, okay. If we didn't have enough business to pay the bills, then that would dominate right away. That would be a problem, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that that kind of leads into my question, you know, the goals for the next 5 to 10 years um and the overall future mm-hmm. of HDE. Mm-hmm. Um you said that it's usually, you know, 6 months to a year in the future that you're thinking of. Do you ever think of bigger picture like retiring? at some point i know it's like 20 plus years down the road at least but um you know what do you think of when you think of this long-term business the bigger picture yeah Yeah. um i certainly think more than just that that's a lot of my thoughts are six months to a year like what are we working on Mm -hmm. um to get to get where we want to be to meet yearly goals and all that but certainly when i think of that amount of time uh down the road uh the thing that stands out to me is always trying to make us a viable company um, which means we are financially viable that we have uh, control of you know we have enough savings and we have enough emergency money we have cash flow right um i mean when we're talking business that's obviously a vital thing to have that has to be there and you have to be aware of things that go into it um, so getting us to a, 
a spot where we're able to manage what we have, um, make it through a pandemic without, um, you know, without uh, going under because of, at least because of a lack of planning, I get it. If programs are cut, there's, yeah, you know, there's absolutely. some things out of our control, but some things are in our control as well. Um, so I always, I, I, I want us to continue to be stronger in those areas too. It's not just about how much is there, but also the knowledge of what impacts us. You know, when do our contracts run out? How many people have we hired? And we have so much overhead, you know, what, when do our office I'm always doing something with office space here, you know, right. uh, yeah. all the time, it seems like. So kind of continuing to know that we have the means to support our, our organization, but also that we know what impacts it, too. Um, the other thing is the, is the fact, I, I've kind of had to word this, is I, I like being an owner-operator. Um, I like being involved. Um, it's... It's not just about checking the balance sheet. It's I, I like coming to work. I'm one of the first people you see when you walk in our office. I like being in the middle of things. This is this is exciting to me. Um, I I also have to try to get things to not require my my presence or my decision making to be there. I will like to continue to be involved. Absolutely. But when I think about how can we do it without me, that helps the company not rely on any one person. Mm. Uh, so That's getting smart. it into a point where we are aware of all the things that the organization needs uh, and getting some of the key people. We have a lot of people in place now to 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 make a lot of important decisions. Um, and I'm constantly working with them to to help, you know, get us to a point where we don't have to have me here uh, because you know at this point we want to be able to continue on as part of viability we want to be able to last beyond any one person's you know physically being here or just mentally wanting to be here people you know right uh, so to me that's i want that would be important to me and whether whether that means expanding into different areas or you know, having a company to hand down to my kids kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm open for all that. I, mm. you know, but I, that to me is, uh, it's all kind of pie in the sky again. That's mm. like, I, what dominates my thoughts is yeah, more about the less, less time than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The longevity of the overall company rather than the details yeah. of what you're going to be doing in the next mm -hmm. five to 10 years is what it sounds like to me. Mostly, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's cool. You're a very logical person, so <laughs> I'm not surprised by that yeah. answer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't expecting rainbows and unicorns from you no. <laughs> necessarily. Um, Those are great, but I try not to rely on. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And and I think that is to your credit one of the reasons that HD has been successful and still had that small business feeling is you can have that small business feeling all you want but if your employees aren't getting paid mm -hmm. or if your business shuts down it doesn't take you very far totally. um so i'm sure people appreciate that you are planning ahead so that they continue to get a paycheck 
Yep. <laughs> That's always Thanks. appreciated. That would be a one-way <laughs> ticket to trouble if I can't do that. Yeah. Sure. So absolutely. That is definitely important um, to to try to keep that feeling as well. That's uh, I regard. I mean, you could, I think a company could be ten times as big as us and still have that feeling if they have some of the same components. Yeah. Um, of listening to you have your ownership and your executives are around and available. Um, you listen to your employees and allow them to have the opportunity to make an impact or a change on the company itself. Um, a lot of people are are odd in that. I I mean I have a easy I have a, a known procedure at least in the office. If you want to change something, go for the procedure, mark it up, and put it in my inbox, and I'll <laughs> let you know if I want to make the changes or not. But everybody has a vehicle and a voice towards upper management here. Right. And I think that's important to, for people to feel like they're not disconnected from the planning of the organization, the long-term planning and decision-making of the organization. Um, it's impossible to let everybody know everything that's going on. That's too, too much at this point. Um, but you need to have the connection with people. I definitely want to keep that as a main, uh, main thing. Kind of towards our conclusion, um, my last question here is, what would you like for listeners, whoever's listening, who may be a prospective client or a prospective future employee, Yeah, what would you like them to know about HDE? Um, I, the thing I was thinking about, prepping for the, the questions here, <laughs> um, Really, it, honestly, not trying to blow smoke here, but it does tie back into our mission statement um, in that we really try to emphasize making things work for everyone. We want it to be a good connection, say mutual beneficial connection for the client and the employee. Uh, that does dominate a lot of our conversations in the office. Like when we're talking about how to make things solve a problem or, or improve, uh, we are trying to have certain things happen for, you know, for the employee to understand expectations. We want it to work for them in their personal life. That's part of the, we, we take in what they want to do in the interview or even maybe before the interview, we have just a general phone screening. Um, we want this job to work for people. We also have to have the people work for the client. What we're doing for them has to work out. All these things have to be done well together for it to last uh, and it has to work for the company it has to be a, a you know win for everyone uh, so that's that's what we really emphasize in a lot of our meetings and our in our procedures that we do in the office is we're trying to make it work for everyone and that's uh, i think that's what i'd like for people to know is that we're we're here trying to make all things happen for and if it does it all works out typically really well uh, people have a job that they're happy about and fulfilled with. Clients get service and hopefully their family members are happy. They feel like they have a line of communication to the office. And as long as it's within the parameters that can make us a successful organization, then, you know, that's exactly what we're aiming for. Right. That's the essence of a, of a good relationship, professional and personal. It's got to work for it. 
Thank you again to Donnie for being a guest this month on our podcast. It was really interesting to get to know the history of HDE, and I hope you all enjoyed what he had to say as much as I did. Next month, we will be talking about the internal staff at HDE and what they do individually. So if you'd like more information on the inside of the company, stick around for next month. Until then, if you have any interest in being featured in a future podcast or have any questions about this or previous podcasts, please contact me, Lexi Zia, at lexi at hdehomecare.com. Thank you for listening to the HDE Home Care Podcast. To learn more about how our company helps people with disabilities, please visit www.hdehomecare.com.